Everybody, welcome to the Site Shift podcast, or if you're watching this on YouTube, the video. Um, it's it's been a bit before I've actually done an uh, since I've done an episode where I have a guest with me. Um, I do envision a new format coming for the podcast and how I structure that because we've got so much we're changing with Site Shift as a whole. But as we're in this in between moment, I'm so excited to welcome back Brett. Burchard to the podcast. So glad you're here, buddy. We've had a lot happen since you last were on the show. So much happened, man. I don't even remember the last time I was on the show, but so many conversations with you and uh, and new resources and new content coming out. So excited to be back on and uh, and share. So to give everybody some context, you know, Site Shift, we're helping leaders transform themselves and transform their team, their culture, their company uh, with an understanding of leadership that's different than what a lot of people would think about uh, when they think about leadership. It, we, we deal in stuff people skip over. And I got to give some of you context on this. In 2011, almost 10 years ago, uh, was doing these retreats and this guy, Brett, shows up and some people stand out and it's like, whoa, there's something here. And we developed a friendship relationship now for almost 10 years since then. Uh, and the biggest thing, you went full time after championship this year. So tell us what championship is. Yeah. Uh, so just to build on that, as some people stand out, you know, when we first connected, I was reading your blog every day and devouring all your content. And then I remember flying out to Ohio. I was in Phoenix and showing up for the retreat. We were out in a cabin in the woods. And uh, I think a friend picked me up and took me to it. But then I saw you get out of the car. I was like, awestruck. I was like, that's the guy. And I've been reading all of this stuff. And here I'm like, I work, put that in context. I'm working in the NBA, you know, LeBron James in the hallway. And I'm like, oh, there's Chris McAllister. I could tell my kids that and they would not think it's cool. <laughs> not to pump up your ego or anything. But, uh, I do remember that moment of like, that's him. Yeah, Cause we had had so many conversations leading up to that over email and on the phone. And, uh, um, yeah. And then it's just accelerated like crazy between all the books. And, uh, and then this last summer, um, you know, pandemic hit, everything shifts and go into uh, championship mode full time. And it's, it's just been awesome. You know, I feel like um, the content and the teaching and my embodiment of it was already at a certain level. And then to just swim in it every single day, um, with no other distractions, I, you know, you just see how much more I've advanced in it. And then also it can advance. Um, the horizons just keep growing. So it's been a really cool nine months to to dive into it uh, 100%. Mm. And as some context for people, you know, Brett coaching uh, in the NBA, head coach of an NBA G League team. Of course, COVID changed all that, opened up the door for you to go at this uh, championship adventure full focused. What is championship and who is it for? Sure. Uh, championship is mindset coaching for competitive people. Uh, we focus highly on athletes and coaches. Uh, just that's the world that I've, I've lived in uh, my whole life, really. Um, but what we found is, you know, people reading the book or, or diving into some of the content, they're like, their response is, this isn't just for athletes. This is really applicable in my business. 
or at home with my family. Um, and so th it's resonating with a lot of people. And I think the ones who found it uh, really helpful are the ones who are competitive, ambitious, and, and striving to, to be something great, to make a big impact, uh, but also want to enjoy their life at the same time. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. One of the things I'm excited to tell people about is something that you worked hard on this summer and so fun to share before I do, because 2020 has been, you know, so hard for so many people. I, I want to say a statement and then let you just react to it. Uh, hard times make you better or worse. Um, and that response is pretty fixed. So if hard times make you worse, that's the way it is. We're getting the real deal of who you are. If they make you better, what's your thought or reaction to that? Yeah, I think uh, um, how you respond to hard times, how you how you use them, um, they could be either or. You know, hard times could make you worse um, if you if you're just reacting blindly to them, um, getting blown by the wind. They can make you better. Um, a lot of people would like to say, you know, adversity makes us better, but not everybody. Uh, you have to be intentional about that. And so, um, you know, how we respond to it, how we interpret those experiences, how we engage with those experiences, and, and are we flipping them to use them for our growth? Or are we just blindly reacting to them and, um, and, and kind of getting pushed around by the wind um, makes all the difference? Mm. You know, hearing you say that, we did a couple of events this summer online for people. We should have put those on the podcast. Maybe we still can because you gave so much out that was great in those and it's taking me back to that as you say that. Uh, so what if you have anything from 2020 that you look at and you go, man, you know, I kind of lost this a little bit. The hard times made me worse, but I stayed with it and got it going again. Um, I'm having something hit me, so I want to encourage people with it. I'll let you think for a second. Yeah. I know for me, I, I, adversity, I want it to make me better. But I think if you look at it days, weeks, and months, you could be too hard on yourself. You got to zoom out some. So for me, all my routine's getting thrown off. Uh, couldn't go to the gym anymore, the whole thing. I, I didn't take care of myself like I wanted to. And... Uh, you know, it took it, gosh, it was a little bit, I was doing okay this summer. And then when the fall winter hit, it's just been off the rails. But the last few weeks I've been running again. Last few months I've been doing super hot baths to simulate a sauna and then a cold shower. Dude, I feel amazing doing those things. Why would I not want to do them? I'm so glad they're, they're back and I want them to stay back. So, so sometimes we got to be uh, kind to ourselves, but I also see people be too kind and justify if you could say it that way, we'll come up with a better way and justify staying stuck. So anything come to mind like that for you? For me, I think what comes to mind is um, remembering that I have what it takes in me to meet the challenges in front of me. Um, I think the most, the most influential voices in my life, the people who I, I really um, turn to always, if I, if I sum up their advice to me in one phrase or sentence, it's they always remind me of the good stuff that's in me. And they remind me that I have what it takes to meet the next challenge. And I think, you know, shifting from coaching into to championships full time, um, you know, going from 
uh, a basketball season schedule and and routines and um, strategies and tactics and stuff that I knew and was just secondhand to me. And now shifting it into more of an entrepreneurial mindset, you know, those shifts, uh, it was easy for me to say, man, I'm just not cut out for this. I don't, I don't got it. You know, even when we had days where we were winning, all right, this is going to work. Uh, I can do it. We had days when we're losing and I feel like I don't got what it takes, but this reminder of their fundamentals that, that are in me um, that I've leaned on to be successful that still work um, regardless how circumstances are changing. And it's just a reapplication of those fundamentals. Um, so I think that's what emerged for me over the last um, kind of nine months and in the adversity of pandemic and, and job changes and stuff was um, you have what it takes. Now it's just seeing clearly in the midst of all the chaos to lean on the stuff that you know works and does well and the, and the truth you can hold on to. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You're, I mean, if you know that you've got what it takes, even if you don't feel like you do, but you learn to relax into that and receive it, you start finding new ways to do things, new, yeah. new ways to be resourceful, new ways to structure it. And, and I want to circle back around. To, I don't think you could be too kind to yourself. I would say it this way. I want to be, uh, extravagantly kind to myself in regards to my identity, mm. but I want to be uh, applying to myself the highest standards in regards to the execution of my mission, and the roles I fulfill, and then how I am in relationships. So yeah. every time I feel insecure or, or I struggle, I want to look at the growth that I can get out of that. Um, but I'm not going to beat myself up or shame myself for it. And so you know, it's a year of reinvention. If you would have told me a year ago, hey, Chris, you're not going to go to the sauna for a year because that's such, that's my everyday jam. I would be like, that's crazy. There's no way. Well, why? You know, had no context for it. And then I had the idea. I was like, okay, well, I want to get one at the house until I do. I've got this like daily ritual now, get the super hot bath and, and you get this intense expression and yeah. that's what helps me. I'm weird. It yeah, and what you're doing is you're you're kind of reducing down. Okay, what is it about the sauna that really helps me, or what's the feeling I get from it? And then, mm -hmm. okay, I don't have the actual sauna, but here's a way I can still draw out that goodness in me, that self care, or that triggering of you know the positive mindset, or or you know the resilient mindset, whatever it's serving you for. Um, so it's kind of reducing it down to what what are the benefits what's the value here and then how can i still extract that in another way since circumstances have changed yeah it it makes me laugh to think about this because I, I, i'll i'll do that then i'll do the cold shower it's cold it's just freezing cold water here right now in in central ohio and then you know i'm sitting down on the floor towels wrapped around me and then i start doing my breathing exercises and they're insane and dramatic and it's my own kind of combination of things i've made up and then my wife walks in <laughs> and as if she didn't know she was already married to somebody crazy. Um, but it's all this attempt to, to be at my best in regards to my mind. And that takes me back to you called, uh, this was like a year and a half ago, two years ago, I forget when, but for sure we haven't shared this on the podcast and you had so much excitement and I loved it because you were like, I got it. I know what we do, Chris. It's like Steve Martin, the jerk, you know, I found my purpose, my social purpose. It's mindset training. 
And dude, that was so on point. It lit me up so much. I get chills saying it now. And the path that took us down to get where we are now, I'm going to hold this up on video, but I'll say it to the audio. I'm holding uh, the first book that you... So Brett and I, for context, have done a number of books uh, where I'm the main author and he's supporting, but this is this is his baby, Catching Confetti, Developing the Mindset of a Champion. So that one comment led to our back and forth on the mindsets. And it's here, man. It's here. I think. I think just cleaning out my closets uh, last spring, I found like the original notepad from the hotel I was staying in, watching a documentary at like two in the morning because I couldn't sleep. And the the moment the light bulb goes off, and the original wording of the mindsets, and thankfully we did some revisions. It's so much better now. But uh, yeah, it's been an awesome journey and just a light bulb um, for me of. Like where transformation starts, um, you know, so we, we make so much effort into um, whatever, changing our tools, trying to grow new skills, um, putting new disciplines or structures in our life. And it really does start. All those things are helpful and they make a difference. But without addressing the mindset and, and the mind as it relates to all that, you know, you're not going to get as far as you can. And so it's cool. It's, it's really opened a lot for me. Mm. Well, you know, it's making me think even as we do longer and bigger engagements with companies where we're not, you know, and I don't say this just like to demean it, coaching the founder, the owner, the executive team, amazing and beautiful. But as we've added other pieces mm -hmm. uh, that we can assess and measure, uh, which I got exciting stuff to share on that soon and, and assist in, you know, developing the whole approach. So this multi-year journey to build all these leaders, everything still comes back to mindset. Because when we take this multi-year journey, what we find out is they're already getting a sense for how mindset unblocks their best leadership, but they haven't yet applied that to sales or they haven't yet applied that to their talent management. And so that's why I love, you know, when you, when you, called and that the path that that took us on. So what's exciting, which oh, I was going to ask you this real quick. Have you heard of the documentary, uh, the playbook or the coach's playbook on Netflix? I haven't seen this one yet. Okay. So somebody just mentioned it to me yesterday and uh, I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I looked for it. So I'm sure it will be awesome. I know that we jammed on the Jordan one, even though I didn't get to watch it, you were sharing some of it. Yeah. And then of course, the greatest sports resource ever other than catching confetti. Do you know what I'm going to say? I'm not sure. Oh, it's okay. Ted Lasso. Oh, oh of course. <laughs> Ted Lasso. Uh, so I watched so many. I was thinking of the greatness code on uh, Apple TV plus, which is, yeah. but Ted Lasso, definitely the best. It's now become required uh, consumption for anyone who goes through the catching confetti program. Um, yeah, fantastic. Fantastic show. Dude, I got to write it down because I need to share that with uh, Site Shift and the email list because it's, yeah, it's it's the second greatest sports resource that exists other than <laughs> catching confetti. And then whatever we do next, it'll bump <laughs> Ted Lasso down. Uh, but no, what's so cool to me, and and I have to tell people listening to this, uh, it's it's been so fun. As catching confetti has come out and... Um, 
and and people can get it, you know, through Amazon and and Kindle and all that stuff. To have people say things like, "Man, yeah," like you know, maybe they went through figure that shift out five years ago. I just went through catching confetti. It just refreshed things and mm-hmm. okay, cool, cool. And then they go and really took a couple things and like made it way more concrete. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Brett, <laughs> Brett. Uh, there've been a it's few cool. fun things like that with the book. Yeah. Before. It's what's been fun about the journey is just like the more time you spend in it and, and share it and, and people respond to it, you know, the more tangible and real and, I guess concrete it becomes, and and the more you you know, learn how to express it differently, and um, you know it's been true for me too. Like you, know, we've we started back in 2011, and it just becomes more real and more. You know, I think I've said this before, but it just reinvents itself in my life every day. Um, even just in my you know the recent cohort, um, we started doing um, catching confetti in a cohort style. Um, we're small groups and we go over four months and, you know, we have a few guys that are playing professional basketball overseas going through the program. And, uh, and we started it and the next week they all had bad games. I'm looking at their stat lines and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm a failure. This is awful. Like this is a terrible reflection on me. And then I just had to like, wait a second, I got to practice what I'm teaching. Like, you know, I'm not defined by the results. We can't guarantee results in mission or community. All we can guarantee is a secure identity and that we'll be able to keep going regardless of what happens. Um, but yeah, just it, the whole thing just reinvents itself every single day for me. Dude, I, I love you saying that because it, it, for me, I've seen this happen with businesses. When we take a like a four or five year journey, we want to get to that point where oftentimes there's goals that have to be hit. Like, you know, and sometimes it's substantial. We want 30% growth or, or whatever. Uh, but those, that first little bit, it, it is a little contraction drawing back because you are getting healthy and, and getting healthy, as we know, is going into that, you know, you talk about it here in the book where we're starting to pick apart the deeper realities. And, and so sometimes we're removing some things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's what's different about kind of the way we approach mindset coaching too, um, where so many, especially in the sports world, and it's kind of, it's seeping into, you know, HR departments and businesses too, but so many start with this concept of meditation uh, and specifically mind, mindfulness, you know, where it's like the emptying of the mind and, you know, pushing negative thoughts or things to the side um, and going in with this kind of, you know, emptiness, I guess, and and presence. And I think where we differ is um, we don't want to just push those things aside. We start by amplifying that voice. Mm -hmm. Like let's turn that voice up really high so we can hear it to the minute detail. And why would you want to do that? Because we want to use it to grow us. And so where we, if you start in mindfulness, let's just push that stuff aside. We're missing out on these key like mining opportunities for our growth. And so it's what makes our program a little different where we're going to start by amplifying that voice. And it's super uncomfortable. Uh, The guy in one of the players in a cohort just said, he said, you know, this really shook me. I was super uncomfortable doing it, which is why I knew it was good for me because I'd never done it before. And, uh, 
and that was the idea because, you know, let's use all this for our growth um, and not just shut it out or shut it aside, but let's lean into it and, and mm. figure out what's happening underneath the surface and how can we um, flip that into an advantage for us. Mm. I'm so glad you said that because, you know, this is surfacing even, a, I think, a clearer way of saying it uh, for myself in the mm. way that I think about it. And I want to see what you think about this. On one extreme, you've got, uh, you know, obviously the negative looping and all that comes from, we're not talking about clinical OCD thinking because that's a brain issue. Uh, but a mind issue for people that can't let go and they just obsess over the result and they're worried and they're uptight and their performance gets locked up. And so, yeah, you're seeing this amateurish approach that says, well, just do a mindfulness practice where you lay it all down, whether it's an emptiness or, uh, uh, you know, the noticing of the arising and falling of thoughts where you're just distancing yourself as the observer from your consciousness. While that can bring some relief, it and and you know, this is only my own experience. And I, and I have done programs where I get up to an hour of mindfulness meditation and, and can keep going if I want to. Um, what, what it doesn't bring is what you're saying that mindset upgrade, because here's the thing. I don't want to ruminate on this thought so much that it steals from me and locks me up, especially in sports performance. But I also, yeah, don't want to distance myself from it. Why is it coming up? How can I, you know, I'm having thoughts unique to me and I want to mine all the gold out of them. Why mm -hmm. do they keep popping up? So I love that you had somebody respond that way in the cohort that, hey, I'm doing something hard. And I think the misunderstanding that people could have to that is, oh, you shame yourself, you beat yourself up. I bet that's what they do. No. What would you say to that? Yeah, not at all. It's not, it's not beating ourselves up. It's not feeling more bad about who we are. It's, it's learning, learning more about what's happening to us, um, how we're interpreting that through the narrative in our head, and then flipping that stuff where we can use it for our advantage. We can, we can let it pass through us, but then also use it for our advantage and help us grow. Man, I'll tell you, the, I've had, and I've loved it, um, more time around my family than um, years with you know the current world we live in and the arrangement. The challenge has been this, a more precise way of interacting, right? I, you know, I'm, I can be such a stupid dude so many times. And I have three daughters, 15, 16, 18, my wife, uh, we've been married 20 years and dude, I, I'm getting real on the court feedback like, oh, well, that didn't work. Oh, that delivered that response. Oh, it's the closest thing I think I can have to to your world with basketball because it's fast, it's real time, and I'm experiencing the the pain of the missed shots. And it's been a really powerful experience for me this last year to embrace even deeper. Every time I didn't get the result I want, I don't have to feel bad about who I am. And there's just, I can do that. Instead, I want to pay attention to the execution, the mission, how I could have said it different. And, yeah. uh, oh, man, we'll see what happens. When yes. I'm around people a lot, I'm either totally ruined now or more attuned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll find it's, out. It's just reminding, it's, it's bringing to mind for me, um, kind of like the themes that I've been moving on um, 
this year, um, like confidence, resilience, and humility. Uh, you know, this this uh, this idea of like showing up confidently, courageously, assertively. You know, step in two feet. I'm gonna I'm gonna go all in with my dad jokes with my daughters. You know, and, yep. and it's gonna change the world. Like, let's go for it. <laughs> uh, the humility that says I may not be right, so let me pay attention and learn. And the resilience that says I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna learn, and I'm gonna keep going regardless of what happens. Uh, Dude, we're not worthy, man. You just took three beautiful things the world needs, things that I know you've been working a ton on in the sports world, and then you connected it to my world. It made me feel known. That was some masterful communication there. It was inspiring. I got Learn to keep, from the best. I got to keep being resilient. Uh, super cool. <laughs> Your daughters will hate me for giving <laughs> encouragement to keep going with it. <laughs> I, they will. They will because uh, I definitely get all the mileage I can. We'll say that. <laughs> Tell me right now what you see is the greatest unknown uh, hidden challenge or burden the the coaches or athletes you work with that like the rest of the world just can't appreciate they look at what they do and and it looks fun or sexy or you know they don't face the stress that i do what do you see that they face that others don't yeah i think um you know players especially players get paid so much money um and it just feels like uh you know just an unbalanced amount of money for the the type of work they do. Um, and, and the players get, get bashed for that. Like, you know, you get paid millions of dollars, just do this. Um, but there's a real human component to what they're doing. And most of them, I would say most of them are not motivated by the money. They don't do it because of the money. Um, and, and I think the human component of, you know, a, uh, just the logistics of, of the world and in, in professional athlete athletics with the traveling around and uh, you know, the nomadic lifestyle. Um, but, but B putting yourself out there every single day um, on a world stage. I think that's been a huge difference for me going from coaching to now doing championships full time is when you're in that world, you're getting feedback like three or four times a week, you know, where most of us in a business world, you know, I'm going to learn, I'm going to get a, a monthly meeting with my boss or a, a, an annual review about my performance. And in the sports world, say the NBA, who's playing three to four games a week, like you're winning and losing three to four times a week. You're a success or a failure three to four times a week. Uh, and the, the emotional highs and lows and roller coaster that, and navigating that experience is super intense. I always think that what, what you go through in a sports season, what you go through in one week, maybe two weeks, is equivalent to what a business goes through in probably a year. Just with the highs and lows and the roller coasters and the adjustments and the changes and, uh, and, and how much and how quickly and intensely things can change in an instant. Um, and I think that's that's probably what gets missed the most is the the not everyone understands the pressure of performing on a big stage, but to do it three four times a week, the feedback and, and all that changes in those intense environments. 
um, how quickly it happens is can be mind-boggling. Yeah, man, that's awesome context to get a an awareness of all the lived experience that's happening. Um, and I think, and and I, you know, this is my experience. Open to hear differently. I think the comparison actually with a lot of corporate business experience where it's uh, in a larger company and it's a very specific niche role, you don't have as much variance. I would say with entrepreneurs, and I think you know this from leading championship because you've now you know, done this full time, how much lived experience has happened, right? Yeah. In that, I think entrepreneurs and... Uh, leadership positions, C-suite leadership positions in publicly traded companies, some of the work we've done with publicly traded companies, you know, the stock price and all the insanity around that. Yeah. Um, but man, like that, I think, un, uh, or, or surfaces something to me that is huge about life. Like, why would I want to have an experience that is years and decades on repeat? Mm. I, I want that experience. It's challenging. It's scary. I would like to turn it off sometimes when I want, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, yeah. but it's awesome for us to be reminded that, you know, we're all on this path of growth, but there are some places like what you're describing. They have a ton of experience in a short amount of time and it's painful. Yeah. You talk about years and decades on repeat. You know, I was just talking to a guy, uh, who just joined the Brooklyn Nets coaching staff and it's his first year in coaching. And, uh, and he was like, I don't even remember what day it is. And it, we, what we say is, you know, in the sports world, there's no longer a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's like, you got a game day, you got a practice day, you got a travel day. And those are your three days of the week. And, uh, and nothing's on repeat. It's, it's changing every day. And, uh, you know, now going through like just having two weeks of Monday to Friday, Saturday, Sunday's off, Monday to Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. I'm like burning out by the routine. <laughs> let's change, let's change the structure and uh, let's get some variance in there. That's funny. Well, it makes me think of when I, one of the times we had done something with one of your teams and uh, we hadn't seen each other in a while, probably by screen. This was yeah. like a pre zoom world. And so you just didn't see people by screen. And I remember I'd shown up at the hotel. I had one of uh, the leader of our certified coaches with me. And dude, you just, you were tired, man. I mean, you can't help what you can't help. And just the slogging it out with that schedule. And as you would tell me about some of it, it was crazy, crazy yeah. to hear what you put the human body through. How is COVID, and, and, and maybe not, just curious, how is COVID going to make some changes in basketball, at least at the NBA level, that are going to just stay. They're not going to go back. Yeah. I think uh, a couple things might, one, I think is surely going to happen. Two, maybe happens. Um, you know, one, for COVID, for everybody, it, it made us figure out, okay, what's, what's essential, you know, so to speak. And we start cutting back stuff that's, that's not necessarily um, essential. And I think, uh, you know, NBA pro sports in general are, are starting to realize, okay, you know, what travel is essential and what kind of, um, you know, workload expectations, you know, are just not necessary anymore. Uh, and so they're going to cut back in that. And I think they're going to, they're just, they'll make some adjustments to scheduling and, uh, and, and how they handle, 
you know, crisscrossing the country and, mm. and it'll improve some of the, the logistics behind pulling off a season as well. Um, but I think that's a big thing for, for everyone is we're all kind of learning, you know, what's really essential and what's not. And, and where do I, where can I put in my energy and time to have the biggest impact and, and where am I wasting time? And I was like, you, know, you start figuring out what's really making me happy and what's really making me healthy and, and where can I invest time, energy, and effort into the things that are actually serving me well. Mm-hmm. I love that. If you could go back to your college self when you played ball, all that you know about mindset now, mm-hmm. what would be the top thing you would tell college you about mindset to give him the best, fastest advantage? Yeah, it's, I think it's goes back to those three things. I mean, the confidence, humility, resilience, and, and having a good cocktail of all three. Um, you know, I think if you're, if you're confident and humble, but not resilient, you're going to be slow to step up to the plate again and, and take your next swing. You know, if you're where I probably was as a college athlete, humble and resilient, but, but not necessarily as confident and, um, and didn't saw other people having the impact or the role or the, the influence that I was, uh, thought I was prepared to have with all my work. Um, you know, you can be confident and resilient and, and not humble and just keep beating your head against the wall and, uh, and end up wearing yourself and others out on the process. So I think finding the, the perfect mixture of those three, uh, will, will put you in a position, uh, to have your best, your best success, your best, uh, best impact and your best path. Mm, I love it. It's so clear and so concrete. So it's, you know, concepts that we can, we can all at least relate to and get a little bit of, but then life keeps happening and we get to deepen in it or not. You know, I thought that, uh, you know, I had faced some hard things, you know, 2008 had some hard things, the best hard things, I would say the, the hard things that give me the best results that grow me the most never go in the podcast or the books, which personally with our friendship, you know, a bunch of those, or, you know, all those. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't have expected 2020 to be such a forming agent in my life, but real quick, it's like I fight against this or I cooperate with it. And if I do, where does it require courage? Where, where does it require humility? And where does it require that resilience? And it's been a refining moment you know, for all of those. So yeah, I love that as a, a, a handle or a concrete concept people can grab a hold of. Yeah. What um what for you would be like something that people could work on or uh do that would show them how important mindset is? What what would maybe an exercise or anything like that that would just help them see how important it is? Yeah. Um so Recently, on my most recent uh, mountain biking adventure, um, I was struggling. I was struggling. Uh, you know, hitting rocks, you know, falling down, losing momentum. And then, uh, and then a friend of mine just gave me a, loaned me like one of his mountain. For, for comparison, the mountain bike I purchased was like a $500 beginner mountain bike. He, uh, he loaned me a $9,000 bike, hydraulic brakes, um, you know, shocks on the front and rear wheels, tires are probably two times the size of mine. 
I'm riding this trail with ease, with ease, the one that just kicked my butt. And what I realized is there's four things that can like really impact your performance. The tools that are at, you know, at your disposal, just the quality of bike I was riding, the skills that you have, uh, you know, there's things I needed to learn to ride better. Uh, the obstacle in front of you, sometimes the obstacle is just too big, right? And too big of an obstacle, it's demoralizing. Too easy of an obstacle, it, it doesn't help us. Um, and then your mindset and your approach. Um, and so I started uh, evaluating everything I was doing with those four pillars in mind. And, and for me, it always started with mindset. And you know, maybe my tools weren't the best, but could I do the best I, I could with what I had? Maybe my skills weren't there, but did I have the humility to recognize the gap in skills and to go seek out instruction or, or learning to grow those skills? You know, and maybe the obstacle was just too big. Do I have the humility to say, that's okay. You know, uh, I won't let this just completely demoralize who I am. Um, but being able to evaluate with those four things and then come back to say, what mindset, like what is my approach um, and how could I make the best of the circumstance regardless, of, you know, while I work on those other three areas, um, but still show up fully confident, resilient, and humble. Mm, dude, that's so, that's a strong, clear picture. Mm. Shows us, yes, how even in the midst of things, we don't hype ourselves past you know, it's a real acknowledgement. There's a difference between a nice bike of very high quality and an entry level bike. Mm -hmm. So we don't hype ourselves past these realities. We know those things are real, but what's foundational is mindset. And mm -hmm. dude, I love that. Are you going to be able to talk out of that? That's the plan. Awesome. Steal my material. <laughs> <laughs> I can steal your material. You can't steal mine. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's awesome. You definitely have to, man, because that is so good. It's so good. It impacted me and distracted me from something I wanted to ask you. So it'll probably hit me in a second, but I love it. And it's, it's just powerful. Um, oh, well, this is something unrelated, but I'll go ahead and go with it. So what you're saying, Brett, is that with the right compression gear, I could finally come try out for a G League team and uh, maybe make it when they have the open call. You know what? For $150, you can come and try out for any team that I'm coaching. <laughs> no promises that you'll make it, but you are always welcome to come try out. <laughs> Dude, awesome. I get the right tools. I, I, I have, yeah, I've run into too many people that are like, I have the $20,000 thing. That means it's going to be good. And I'm like, dude, it's the sparse, almost nothingness of a resource that yeah. you want to be working with at the beginning. Cause that's where you got, that's how you got on that expensive bike and felt the ease of it. Cause I, you knew I, the crap. Exactly. I took my bike to my, my friend and, and he started inspecting it. He's going to help me with the tune up. And he was like, you really rode that trail with this bike? I said, yeah, I'm like, it's my willpower alone is what got me through it, you know? And, and then he, sent, he sends me this bike and I was like, you know, don't spoil me, <laughs> but you do, you're going to learn something, uh, you know, some techniques and stuff by, by roughing it on the, uh, the scarce, the, the sparse uh, resources. And then 
when you get to when you do get the resources, you're going to have the skills to make all those tools even better than they were if you didn't. I remember uh, I'll tell you this quick story. Um, I know we're close on time, but I was a head coach of the G League, and for one game, most of the season we didn't have any you know assignment players from the NBA, um, any anything like that. For one game, I had. Um, four guys on the court who had NBA experience. They played an NBA game. They were drafted in the first or second round. Um, and I'm standing up at half court, watching these guys go up and down, back and forth, getting steals, finishing in transition, you know, reading pick and rolls, changing plays to pick, pick apart matchups. And, and we're cruising. And for an instant, I'm thinking, man, this coaching thing is pretty easy. If I had that for my entire two years as a head coach in the G League, I would have thought I was a pretty darn good coach. And I wouldn't have gotten any better. Mm. I didn't have that and was in a situation where we had to fight and claw and, and prepare and practice just to score one basket. Mm. And knowing how much better of a coach I became having to do that with those kind of resources um it just it just sets you up for a different uh for a different level of performance and success but all of it starts with mindset you know you can't you can't go through that oh, i got a terrible bike this isn't worth it you know it's it's a mindset of approach of i'm going to do the best i can with what i got and grow the skills necessary to to maximize my performance and then see who i become when I do finally get those resources and, and grow those skills. Mm. Man, I love it. it. Practice in the dark, deep in the vision before the light gets turned on. Dude, thank you for going into that even more because it, it was inspiring me. It's like, you know, at every level, we were talking about this in a, in a meeting we had this week. The decades can be defined by learnings. And when I said that out loud and I was realizing I'm at the beginning of another decade of learning, it, yeah. it like reinvigorated me that, yeah, I'm, there's things I'm having to be scrappy with that mm -hmm. when the resources are there at another level, I'll be that much more impactful with them. Uh, if people, they're hearing this, they want to get more, best place for them to go. Yeah, um, our website, championshift.com. Uh, it's, it's where you can get connected, um, with me, you can get connected to our email list, just kind of weekly reminders and stories and inspiration. Uh, it's also, you can find, um, you know, our catching confetti course, uh, online to participate in that as well, but championshift.com. What basically Brett's saying is the greatest unknown sports coaching resource website book we just don't want it to be unknown very long. And as more people know about it, they get impacted by it. We need them to not review the book on Amazon more than the books that I'm the lead author on. We need to keep the pacing so that that, that contest will never get out you know, skewed. <laughs> Too much fun, buddy. Thanks for being here on the Sight Shift podcast. And uh, what a treat. Um, super, super fun. Can't wait for people to hear it. Yeah, always uh, always a pleasure to hang out with you and, and swap ideas and, and challenge each other to keep growing. So 
looking forward to it again. Awesome. Peace out, everybody.